with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles, the first hour of the two-hour extravaganza, I guess, whatever it is. <clears throat> two-hour Ghost Chronicles Radio, uh, Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and has been for the last 20 years. And with me, my host, all the way across the pond, the gold standard and ghost hunter, the godfather of the paranormal, Steve Parsons. Blah, 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 blah. Good evening. You know how 20 years I've been saying that? Well, I've I've had to listen to it for the last eight. Well, that ain't bad. Nine, nine, nine years. And also joining us on this special day is the, my favorite West Coast switch, Mala Brooks. Your monthly visitor, right? Right. So. It's time for Marla's Monthlies. <laughs> Anyways, I, before we start, I want to give a great uh, shout out to all the vets out there today who do so much for so many of us and get so little in return. Uh, yeah, many the way they care for their them. lives and injured and living tough lives afterwards. So we have our hats off to you guys. Yes. There we are. Have you managed to get a president yet? What's that? Have you, have you Americans learnt to count? Got yourselves a president yet? Oh, uh, whatever. Go on, it's a simple well, thing. It'll One, sort of no, two, it's a, it'll sort of three, it. four, no, no, no. five. That's how it works. No, no, it's not how it works. We got count hanging cats and all kinds of strange stuff. Mm. It's not the first time this happened, so don't. Oh, okay. I know. I was I was there in 2000 when it all went very badly wrong in Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't I... my fault. I was in Florida when it went badly wrong, but I had nothing to do with me. Sure, a likely story. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Hanging chads, but no Jeremy's. <laughs> now actually... you dated yourself. <laughs> now, actually, do you actually know that, what I was talking about? I, yes, I did, because I'm Not dated, too. <laughs> really? Steve, you don't know who Chad and Jeremy was? Nope, never heard of him. Oh, my God. And he's not 30 years old either, you know? (laughs) Go ahead and tell him. No, they were just a music group Mm -hmm. back in the day. England. Jeremy. Hang on, he's talking about Chaz and Dave. No, Chad and Jeremy. Chad and Jeremy. Never hurt. Never Wind blowing on a summer breeze. And I did a good version of Lemon Tree, too, yes. Never heard of them. So that was like... Hanging on you. Was that like... That was higher than the 60s, right? So Yeah, it was the British invasion time. Yeah, Yeah. British invasion, yeah. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, missed me, missed me, completely missed me by that one. That's all right. You were probably just... Thank God. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, due to uh, the upcoming holiday here in the States, uh, there has been a rise of attacks by turkeys on pedestrians. So uh, (laughs) watch out out there. It's pretty dangerous. The turkeys are revolting. Well, that's because you wash them in chlorinated 
Or is it chlorinated chicken? What? So it's bigging on news over here. Um, apparently, we're supposed to be getting American chlorinated. You, you wash yours in chlorinated water, apparently. Yeah, which is fine. Which is supposed to, Well, yeah, but, you know, you've got these sort of ego, uh, vegan... Uh, well, not vegan. Yeah, but, free you know, like, range. Yeah. Uh, let them run... Uh, yeah. yeah, you see what happens. They run free on the roads and they start attacking cars. Cars, people, everything. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, lock them up. They have no fear either. Yeah, lock them up. And, and you know what's interesting too? I don't know if if uh, you're aware of this, uh, Mal. I don't know if you are too. But uh, there's many videos out there of uh, turkeys circling a dead uh, animal. Or oh yeah, I've seen them. Dead dance, yeah. So it's really weird. Yeah. They're doing. You mean are they circling one of their own or just? Oh, oh. Some any animal, they yeah, do this was... dance. They do this little dance around Aww, it. that's very sweet. Yeah, I think they're just waiting to make sure. I think they're just waiting to make sure he's dead. Then they're going to like exactly swarm in. You're absolutely no. They're not swarming in. They just want to make sure he's dead and it's not going to attack. If they turn their backs. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah, so, I can imagine it's it's kind of like a group of women, isn't it, when they go out for lunch? Because like, I no, don't know what yes, none yes. of them, none of them will be uh, will leave. That's why they're there for so long. Because the first to leave worries that the others will talk about her. As you know by experience, is that what you're saying, Steve? I have <laughs> did never realize you were a woman, but uh, I guess I was wrong. But it's I, okay. Not, but I know a few. Uh, yep. Yeah, I have nothing wrong with the uh, whatever that. Oh, typing. <laughs> Sorry, it's me. I just had to do something. Okay, I'm. I'm. I'll behave now. There is no sound on Pararex, dear Roy. Or so. Get <laughs> with it. That's what I was typing. Well, I'll tell you what. We could do it using sign language. We've done that before. Yeah, we're going to sign the rest of the show, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, over on Pararex, if there's no sound, don't worry about it. Mm. Okay. We'll, we'll sign it. So we can always go back in time anyways and sort it all out. Uh, that, was, that wasn't even a good link. But go on, keep going. It's better than you had. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do one. That's, well, that's what I mean. So someone had to do it. Yeah. Can, we go, can we go? Uh, eight minutes of the show and uh, we're running out of Time. Uh, let, I'll tell you what. Let's use time travel. Go back a week and uh, oh, ten days and uh, find all those missing ballots. <laughs> Great segue. That <laughs> worked good. You should have done that before. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Anyways, we are uh, talking about time today and time slips, missing time, time travel, time flies on my side, whatever. And I have a question to start for both oh, of you. Oh, good. A question because, right off the bat. Because actually oh, 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 it made oh. me think for a minute, but then I don't have a scientific mind. So, you know, it's yeah. just dumb me. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, was time discovered or invented? That's it. Steve, um, would you agree? It is time. a man-made. Time is a man-made construct. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it was okay. a man-made construct. We had to – I mean – we didn't have to. We chose well, we to. Did, well, we didn't have to, but we needed to is more accurate because, first of all, we had to divide the day between going to sleep time. No, uh, it's, it's there already. Yeah. No, we had to divide our day. Why? 
Why? Because we need to know when so, to do so. things. <laughs> Your body has an eternal clock. I'll tell you what, I won't bother answering the question. Hey, that was thrown to both of us, so don't think you're like, oh, God, it's just well, me. Well, I was going to say something. You were going to shut up? Like, Is that what you were saying? You. <laughs> let, well, you're obviously not going to. <laughs> Fine, carry on. Well, the brief history of time goes something like we had to divide our day into periods of time to know when to do stuff. And I'm not talking about individually. I'm talking about collectively. So... Uh, thereafter, we we had small, uh, large increments of time, like when the sun got up, when the sun was at the highest point in the sky, and when the sun disappeared. And then we subdivided them. The great um, imposition of time, the as we understand it today, with time zones and uh, such like, came about realistically, uh, really, in the railway era because uh, they needed to um, make sure that people didn't miss the trains and that the trains left on time. And so a series of... Uh, because here, I mean, even in a very small country like Britain, um, we are, astronomically speaking, 20 minutes behind London. So um, clocks used to be set to what was called you know, local time. So the clocks in West Wales would be 20 minutes different than the clocks in London, which meant everybody was missing the trains. And it was <laughs> the same in America and the same on the continent. Mm -hmm. So they instituted what was originally called railway time. So the whole country uh, now has the same time. So that if you go to the station at 8 o'clock, you won't miss your train, wherever you are. And that gives a rise to time zones, zones of time, because they then had to divide the rest of the globe up into uh, chunks but there are anomalies i mean there are some bizarre anomalies in time and um date uh, perhaps most prevalent in the middle of the pacific ocean because as you can imagine uh, from the greenwich mean time uh, the meridian which runs through london uh, so it's backwards if it goes east and it's at an hour progressively as you go west how they come up with that um Because it's British, we put it there. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I explained how we came up with dividing. We divided the, because the, the Earth is a ball, and we divided it into no. equal into equal portions. Not to some people does, by the way. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, even 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 if it was a disc, we divided it into equal portions. The problem you've got is because time uh, measured from the Greenwich meridian steps backwards to the east and forwards to the west. By the time it gets to the opposite side to Greenwich, you have a time jump of 24 hours. Sorry, of 12, yeah, no, 24 hours. Yeah, well, I, I was, it was kind of confusing in the beginning, but, but not so confusing that I was like stupid, but um, they. One of the things that I found was that um, the modern conception of time was invented um, pretty recently. I mean, apparently they said before the late nineteenth century that time wasn't such a big deal, um, but the twenty-four hour day came from the Egyptians. You know, they started with that sundial. That was kind of where that all began, and and nighttime was divided into 12 hours and daytime was 
time into 10 hours and they measured with you know devices like shadow clocks and blah 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 and added a twilight hour at the beginning and one at the end of the day i thought that was kind of fascinating what happened when it rained it <laughs> they were out of luck <laughs> totally completely out of luck yeah, uh-huh. but you know, sundials didn't work then. <laughs> Ew. they would never have been invented in Britain. That's for sure. No, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Unless umbrellas were invented first, but that would just keep the rain off of them to, until the sun came out. The Chinese used um, water clocks. I, I remember going to uh, the museum in Liverpool where they have um, an ancient Chinese water clock. And they use um, the dripping of water, the running of water through uh, different devices. Um, and that's what the Chinese used. Is that how Is water it... torture came to be? Um, no, it's actually, it's really, it's really nice. Um, these water clocks are really uh, mm. quite clever um, and, and remarkably accurate considering they're just using, you know, um, the movement dropping of water. Yeah. But I presume the Chinese had to do that because, you know, maybe... They had more rain than the Egyptians. That's a good point. Does water fall at the same rate everywhere on the Earth? No. If there are variations in gravity? No, there are variations in gravity. So this isn't that flawed? Well, only slightly. I mean, these variations in gravity are actually really quite small. Well, if you have to be on time, you have to be on time. Yeah, but the dropping of water is is a fairly you know it's it's not ultra precision. It's not an atomic clock. Mm-hmm. What is an atomic clock, Steve? What is an atomic clock? Yeah, it uses the atomic vibration of atoms, normally crystal, uh, quartz atoms. Like in a watch. Similar. Okay. Mm-hmm. But did you know that if you if you have a, an atomic two atomic clocks and you synchronize them so that they are nano milli, milli nanoseconds apart? Good luck with and, that. Oh, it's easily done. You just join the two of them with the cable. Yeah. And if you then take one of them to the top of Mount Washington or the top of Mount Rainier or some other high point and then bring it back down again, they're out of sync because. Um, Time's different the further away you go from the Earth's centre. Yeah, well, that's true. So there is no real time then, right? Is that what you're saying? Oh, well, as I said, we said, we said, we both said at the start, time is what we define it as. I mean, time, what we call time is what we have structured the rotation, well, you know, the, the astronomical concepts of time. Um, this idea that, you know, we go round the sun, the sun goes round something else, the moon goes round us, we all go round together and we're all happy. But we divide, we started to divide it up. So we knew when it was going to, when things were going to happen. I mean, before time, we used to, we, we would divide the year up, wouldn't we? So we know when to plant things and when to harvest things and when it's going to rain. So, okay. Um, all right, never mind. All right. Well, that's all right. We have things like Stonehenge. So we're down, down with time. We're done with the clocks. Do you, I was, uh, you probably probably know this, Steve, but I I saw a 
Oh my God! Of course, if I knew I was gonna, I would have saved it. But uh, it, it had a thing about how long it takes to set all the palace clocks, and it has a whole gang of of guys that do it, uh, or whatever. That it takes some ridiculous hours to, to do all the clocks. Do you know about that, Steve? It's well. I mean, there are periodic documentaries about inside Buckingham Palace, or inside Windsor Castle, or inside one of the other royal castles and of course yes they do um, i mean there's hundreds of clocks and they all have to be set correctly and there is actually an appointed person to do it yep. and um particularly i mean first of all they have to wind the damn things um no atomic clocks there <laughs> i imagine that there probably is well i mean if the queen's got a cell phone then yeah she's got access to an atomic clock we all have but um yeah, there's an appointed clock person, um, and they get very busy twice a year when we change the time. You see, we can change the time, can't we? We we have daylight saving time and double daylight saving time and time zones, and it, that's just us imposing order on uh, the world around us, the environment around us. Because we don't like being in the dark, so we make more daylight by playing with the clock. So there are 400 clocks at uh, the at the uh, Windsor Estate, and it takes this guy. Uh, I'm trying to find it here. Forever. Ever, yeah. <laughs> Sixteen thousand steps. If that's any help. <laughs> Think about the think about the poor guy that has to do Big Ben. Oh. Now Big Ben, there's a fascinating story about that because it's it's actually it's a pendulum, right? Is is that how, I, no? It's counterweight. What is? Oh God, no! Like damn! Why? I should, I should, uh, gets me so mad. I can't remember all this detail stuff. But yeah, it was a fascinating. I, read, I saw a story on the the tower uh, on uh, Big Ben and. Well, I mean, to be accurate, Big Ben is not the clock or the tower. Big Ben is the bell um, that, that does the chimes. Right, 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 right. The clock is, is a clock, and mm -hmm. the tower is the Elizabeth Tower. Right. But everybody calls it Big Ben. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But that has to be changed. Well, it, well yep. I mean, at the moment it's being renovated, but uh, the, somebody has to, um, you know, up the steps, turn the winder, move the thing. And what... Uh, what is interesting about Big Ben? Uh, you're absolutely right. It's it's a pendulum, uh, but to regulate, but in order to regulate the pendulum, they have to alter the weight, and in order to do that, they use old, predecimal copper pennies that date back to the reign of Queen Victoria, and they they add more pennies or take pennies away. Hmm. So there you go. I like that. Okay, so let's move back on it's a to... British way of doing things, isn't it? Other things. Uh, so we have, a, besides time, we have lots of things to talk about. And one of the... the uh, well, do you want to go to time slips or do you want to go into time travel? Uh, well, I've got a story for you. Ah, story's good. I'll take you, Steve. Okay, this is from 1945. What, what are we talking about? What, what, what are we, time travel or time well, slips? you tell me at the end. 
Oh, I like this. This is when we have to decide, Milo. Ooh, we have to decide. Okay. My we ears are open. Yeah, uh, this this event took place in 1945 in Boston, USA. Yeah. It actually began on the 11th of February 1945 uh, with a night shift at the Boston Hospital. Nurses saw a man get out of an ambulance and wheel a gurney into the foyer. The ambulance driver said only of his patient, you will call this man Charles Johnson. Police searches revealed no ambulance had been, has, had been sent to the hospital by any recognised source. Nurses described the ambulance as a blue van with no wording to match that of any of the ambulance services in the city of Boston. The driver was wearing what looked like a high-ranking naval uniform. When doctors were called, they could see that the patient had shrapnel wounds and seemed to have suffered a mild stroke. They also found fading tattoos that involved both the British and American flags and the words US Navy and United Kingdom. A massive search using the patient's fingerprints and involving the FBI produced uh, nothing whatsoever. Charles Johnson himself was unable to help before, because he was in a coma with paralysis and, and a long-term inability to speak. In the summer of 1947, Johnson suddenly sat up in his wheelchair and started uh, startled his nurse by saying in a re, in a, with a not noticeable British accent, uh, I simply do not know, as if he was responding to a question. This led to lengthy sessions in which his doctor, uh, Oliver Williams, and a British naval expert gently tried to... Sorry, uh, it's really dark in here. Hang on a minute. Let me just... <laughs> That's it. The light Time to turn on the light. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I was trying to read by the light of the computer screen. Tried to coax the information from him. He was shown many photographs of ships, naval uniforms and British uh, naval facilities in an effort to identify his home. Whenever any tricks were pulled, such as showing him an inaccurate naval uniform, he, saw quickly, he quickly saw straight through them. He described serving on HMS Bellerophon in the Battle of Jutland in 1916 and sailing on the Cutty Sark, an old sailing vessel, which is now a museum piece on the Thames. This might have been possible before its move to London in the 1920s. However, he had no recall or no recollection of events after that date. Uh, it appeared that a quarter of, of a century was missing, and there was only talk of a secret mission that he declined to discuss. It was unclear whether his amnesia was simply traumatic um, or had obliterated decades of memory or whether he was keeping a big secret. After following a fortuitous lead, it was revealed that Jameson had arrived in Boston on the 9th of February 1945 aboard the USS Lejeune. The handwritten note in the ship's records baffled the former captain who was unable to explain 
why it had been added later to the typed manifest, nor could he recall John uh, Jameson. But the doctored note said that he had been born in Boston on the 17th of July, 1895, that he had spent four years in a German prison camp before being found inexplicably adrift off the Irish coast. Uh, this was during the Lejeune 16-day voyage from Southampton to Boston, repatriating injured troops. <clears throat> An extensive research, including checks on birth certificates, failed to find anyone of this name who matched. Then an even stranger sequel came with the discovery of a note in the records of Lloyd's shipping agency. This was a report by the crew of a German submarine, U-24, that had engaged and sunk a wooden ship that had fired on them in the North Sea on the 10th of July, 1941. The ship was clearly identified by the name on its side as Cutty Sark. They saw it disappear under a barrage from the U-boat and rescued just one man, Charles William Jameson, who spent the next four years in a German camp in Belgium before being liberated in early 1945. The Cutty Sark was not really sunk by the U-24 in July 1941. It w by that time, it was birthed in London, and it is still on display there. Jameson was never able to resolve these problems. He did recall um, that his last posting was indeed aboard a vessel sunk by a German U-boat, but he gave that ship's name as the Hinamoa. The only ship of that name was scrapped in 1945, after being towed out to sea and holed with explosive charges. After this final claim, Johnson relapsed into a catatonic state and during, his last, during the last 20 years of his life never said another word. He died in January 1975, buried with naval honours in a coffin draped with both British and American flags in Boston. There we are. Wow. That's kind of weird. All right, so you don't know. The question is, is it a time slip or a time travel or a time something? Yeah. I'm saying it's a slip. But, well, no, wait. No, it can't. No, no, it can't be because it lasted too long. Okay, time travel. That's what I'm saying. Well, it, it, could, it could be either, really, couldn't it? Because he had missing time. Uh, True. Or there appeared to be missing time. But did he travel through time? Apparently, it could be both or either, or neither, neither. Hmm. Interesting. I like this story, though. It was a good story. It was an unusual one, that one. It struck uh -huh. me the, um, the other day. Yeah. No, I kind of like that. Um, I found something about time and probably after we come back from the break because it's not a story but um you know we were talking about all different kinds of time and have either of you heard of liminal time so without liminal looking time? it up no no just liminal i'm not looking it up anyways <laughs> the tunes are here we gotta go you'll listen to ghost chronicles <laughs> international right here on tilgenet and pararex radio we'll be right back after the following messages Welcome to Toginet, 
Radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. It's time for part two of Ghost Chronicles International with the West Coast Witch, Marla Brooks, New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolek, and trying to keep it all together tonight, the gold standard in ghost hunting. <laughs> yeah, good so luck. We, we got the West Coast Witch and the West Files host. What am I, yeah. chopped liver? Yeah. West of space. <laughs> sure, West of space. I like that one. <laughs> All right, so anyways, Marla did have something, but uh, she's busy trying to solve the Pararex problem with us right now. So I will lead into something, uh, and uh, maybe I'll go along with uh, Steve's little thing that he just did, whatever he just did there about that story. And I'm gonna, I got some little shot. What the hell? I have these little. Well, you little... did have. I know it's weird stuff. Oh, I have these little things, so you can you could tell me what they are as we work on on this. Anyways, uh, these these are first hand reports, and uh, it says it happened to me in first grade. Class was over, and I remember walking delivery to the bus pickup area. Only when I got there, there were no buses, no kids, no teachers, just an empty parking lot. I went back inside where I, where my teacher found me and called my mom. I've always wondered if I'm repressing some horrible events. <laughs> so what do you think? Maybe they're repressing some horrible event. <laughs> um, Have you ever had anything happen like that for you? Oh, God, I, I think everybody has, haven't they? It, it, you know, you're driving along the um, – sorry, you have freeways and interstates. But uh, you're driving along and then you think you're suddenly middle of the day, you've slept well, and then suddenly you realise you're 20 miles de- further down the road than you thought and that you'd missed your junction because effectively your body's driving on autopilot. Your brain's off doing something else. And um, Yeah, but is. <sighs> 
why that particular location? Why, you know, why not? if you were an autopilot, wouldn't you like be going home or, or whatever? Because, you know, I understand that. But when you go someplace completely different and, well, you know, wait a minute. OK, if if it's a straight route, I can understand that. But what if you've got turns, you've gone off someplace and end up someplace where you shouldn't be? Well, most most of the reports um, of that type of experience, you know, by coming to or um, not waking up because you're not asleep, but huh. realizing that you're, you know, you, you, oh my God, I'm 20 miles further on and I've missed my junction. That does yeah, happen. On, yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that does that. happen on the long yeah. straight roads. Um, it doesn't yes. happen on the on the on the side roads and the by you know the by road the byways where you are focused much more on on the act of driving. It's when your brain disassociates. It's yeah, called a totally Yeah, I totally understand that. But like for instance, I had one for myself uh, coming home from hockey one night, and I, and I get on, came down the route to get on the route two, and the next thing I remember, I was going up a wrong ramp uh, onto the highway, and I caught myself, and I was completely miles away that I had gone on one highway, off the highway, onto another one, and now I was about to go up a one-way ramp there, and I have no recollection of how I even got there. It was like, to me, I was just waiting for my next turn off the, the highway. So there are, there are a lot of reports like that where... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the cause of many accidents because, you know, uh, truck drivers and um, such like. Uh, and, it, and indeed, airline pilots, they, they've studied it. And apparently they discovered when they were researching, you know, airline pilots in particular. Um, and it's not that you're tired then. It's just that you may have had, uh, you know, different shift patterns and blah, blah, blah that's affected your uh, rhythms. And that you just, you know, and your brain compensates by having micro sleeps. Um, but to an outsider, um, you, you appear fine. Um, you look a little bit sort of zoned out, but you, you can still perform tasks. You, because these micro sleeps, you're only asleep for some of the time. So in each like one minute period, you might be asleep awake, asleep awake, asleep awake, asleep awake. Um, it sounds a bit bizarre, doesn't it? Because we think that we we have to go to sleep and then we're asleep for a, you know for for some hours. Um, but apparently, our brain has the ability to go to sleep for a few seconds and then wake up again, and then go to sleep, wake up, I, go I to totally sleep. I totally understand that because you you know it's. Uh, anyways, the uh, this is a similar thing, that, and you know I decided to take an impromptu weekend trip to my son's birthday. He lives in Wichita. I live in Atlanta. Uh, flights were you to do a, not. You live in New England. This is a first-hand account, <laughs> and uh, I live in Atlanta, and flights are too expensive, so I decided to drive. This is a 17-hour drive each way, including stops. I made uh, time. I made it in time for his birthday, but had to drive back home uh, a few hours later. After four hours of driving, it was 8 a.m. I remember distinctly checking the time. Next thing I remember is glancing down at the clock and it being 2 p.m., the scariest moment of my life. I panic like I had just slept through work, but instead I slept through six hours of driving. And this is what turns and so forth. So it's these are the weird ones that drive. I mean, I totally understand that 
that phenomenal where you, you, yeah. you just trance out. But where you make turns and, and it, yeah, it's you, strange. It's because uh, the, the part of your brain that, that remembers and does stuff is, is the bit that's asleep. Um, but the, the part of your brain that's um, controlling the car isn't. Um, so it, it's a weird thing that they've discovered that the brain can do. It, parts of it can shut down. So, like, the consciousness, the conscious part of it that's controlling memory and is, is gone to sleep, but the bit that's controlling the steering wheel hasn't. Um, and so they, they, you don't recall any of these events. It's really, I'll tell you what is funny though. Um, a few years ago, and I'm sure everybody, you know, most listeners have done this, uh, snuck around and changed all the clocks and then go rushing in on, 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 um, on your wife, as I did, and you're late for work, and it's a Saturday you're morning. You're just a bastard, that's all. That's terrible. <laughs> well, A, A, she wasn't at work that day, uh, and B, I that's changed all us. That's and even worse. I, I changed all the clocks anyway. <laughs> you can't do it now, because the smartphones don't let us, because they just got to pick up the phone, they can see the time. Um, so it seems like having problems with Pararex, so I, I guess it's... Uh, We'll just let Cece know that uh, she can just run her regular program and for now on and then. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. So, uh, oh, you mean you've never done that um, prank and changed the clocks? No, that's just mean. Isn't it funny? No, it's mean. It's great. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. it's harder to do nowadays because, because of smartphones, but it used to be, yeah, used to be quite a good trick to play on somebody. Mm hmm. And now you can't do it anymore. And as, well, we used to do it as kids because, uh, you know, our parents would say to me and my brothers, right, your bedtime is nine o'clock and not one minute later. And so um, we had a clock in the kitchen that was timing everything. But we we very quickly realized how to make that clock go, you know, back back an hour. Yeah, um, <laughs> but what you had to remember to do is put it forward an hour in the morning so you didn't get caught. Mm-hmm. So I have another quick one, and this is uh, from somebody who says, I don't remember being six. He says, I remember my fifth birthday and my seventh birthday, but I don't remember anything of my sixth year. I don't remember anything of my teenage years. <laughs> well, that's you. <laughs> that was Fuck. different. Sex, drugs, yeah. and rock and roll. I'm sorry. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> if I had to sit down and write an autobiography, it would stop at age of 12. And it would recommence at age 19. The bit in the middle, I rely on people telling me I was somewhere doing something. And this kid's a teenager, so it's not that long ago. Yeah. Unlike you, which is centuries ago. And of course. So just before we were at the break, Mala had something for us. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm exhausted now. Um, <laughs> going back and forth. All right. Um, it, it, there's something called liminal time. And I guess I asked you guys if you've ever heard of it. Yes, yes, what you did. Yes. Okay. Yes, I've heard. Isn't it something to do with um, midnight or equinoxes or something? Well, kind of. It, it, it's a time of no time. Um, the Celts were very superstitious, so they were in awe of times and places in between. And so, like, holy sites, uh, where any borders, the shore between land and water kind of thing, bridges, boundaries, whatever. And... Um, twilight and dawn and you know they were all these holy times were border times and um 
when in witchcraft, I mean, we have two major holiday. Well, we have four, but two are Beltane and Samhain, which are the biggest Sabbaths, two of the biggest, and they mark the transition of summer and winter. And so liminal time is when, like, the veil between the human spirit, uh, the human and spirit realms are lifted, and that's liminal time. It's the concept of liminality or the in-between, which was kind of an integral component of ancient Celtic spirituality, and most important events in Celtic mythology took place in liminal spaces, such as a shoreline, um, or at liminal times like dusk and dawn. So, um, it it just, like, Samhain doesn't, that night doesn't simply mark the change from summer to winter, but represented a transitional period in between the two seasons. And so, therefore, Samhain was without time, belonging to neither summer nor winter. So You know what? I'm hmm. getting bumper stickers made up saying that I'm sour on Samhain. (laughs) Well, you can pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it just kind of meant that the human realm was no longer bound by the rules of the physical world. And, I mean, I had a guest um, several months ago, um, Laura Tempest-Zakoff, that, Zakroff, sorry, that um, wrote a book called Weaving the Liminal. And it's all about how uh, liminal time fits into modern transit, traditional witchcraft. I was talking to somebody uh, last year about uh, Celtic mythology and mm-hmm. – um, about the Celts, because I spend a lot of the time in Anglesey, which was the um, the, the home of the uh, Druids. Yeah. And we know that because the Romans wrote that the Druids were on Anglesey and they sent a large Roman army up to go and defeat them because uh, they were, you know, as, as, as the priestly classes, they were causing the, the uh, ancient yeah. Britons, the Celts, to revolt and rise up against the Romans. So the Romans sent an army, killed all the Celt, uh, killed all the Druids. Yep. And yeah. So, so, so we do know that the, I mean, the Druids, uh, were, were real, um, mm-hmm. and resided on the Isle of Anglesey, um, in this mod, as it's, as it says in Welsh. Um, but that's really all we know about the Celts. Uh, Tacitus wrote something of, of them, but they didn't, leave any writings because they couldn't illiterate. They got killed before they could do it, right? They're <laughs> illiterate, they, they, that's why. There are no written records other than what the Romans uh, say about the, the Celts and the Druids mm-hmm. uh, because they didn't leave any. They didn't carve, you know, they didn't make carvings. They didn't, that, they're extremely mysterious. So how do we know about Celtic mythology? How do we know, for example, that they danced around on beaches and in, in these places, and um, and and even defining it as mythology? Uh, you know, they were, um, you know, they had mythology, so they must have had they must have had a concept of ancestry, which actually they they did, uh, and we we know that from archaeology because um, there are remains all over the all over europe um predominantly all over great britain um and they're all sort of west facing towards the ancestors and there's a lot of these burial mounds and chambers um that have been looked at archaeology archaeologically but i was asking this this ever such a nice uh wicker lady she wasn't made of wicker obviously uh, basket work <laughs> um where do you find all this information about 
the Celts and mm. about the Lemurians and the Atlanteans and Wikipedia. all of these other... Wikipedia. The, yeah, but... <laughs> the ancient script. Uh, and the the hidden knowledge. Yeah, Wikipedia. The hidden knowledge that you can go and buy in Waterstones or um, Barnes & Noble. Everything's in the Akashic Records. We don't have to worry about it. It's all yeah, there. but where are the Akashic Records? Oh, you, if if you study hard enough, you can you can uh, access them. <laughs> it's not a problem. There are yeah. many courses you can take. The Circles mm-hmm. of Wisdom offers many. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, but can, I mean... The, you can read the Akashic Records and oh, get well, all the information. Well, I've never read them. Well... You didn't want to. You could you, have. You didn't, you didn't learn. you got to learn. <laughs> well, I never read. They don't let anybody in the, in the Akashic Leckard library, you know. you got to have... Uh, well, you know, it, it, it's always been one of those puzzles. It's like, you know, we know about the Romans, we know about the Greeks and the Egyptians because they, they scribbled on stuff and the Babylonians did and the Chinese did and the Celts didn't. And yet everybody knows all about the Celts. You need to interview a Druid. I have. It was okay. not a good experience. There are no druids. There are only people. There are. There call, are. So, wait, but there are only people call themselves druids. There's well, a difference. I've had the pleasure. They're not the of, original druids. I have had the pleasure. Oh, no, because the Romans killed them. Exactly. I have had the, so there are I've, they. I have had the pleasure. Then they aren't really druids. Well, no, then, I so have. witches that are neo pagans aren't really witches? What are you talking about? Uh, where did we get to that? We're talking about... We're well, talking about I mean druids. about... No, yeah. No, but I mean, if if these weren't the original <coughs> druids, obviously they're dead. Um, so, but now neo-pagans... Well, you, know, you know these druids that go to Stonehenge and yeah, blow trumpets and... Put on those fake clubs and, yeah, jump yeah. around. You know, the, <laughs> you, know, you know the ones that go to Stonehenge and they have these big trumpets that they blow at sunrise yeah. on... Uh-huh. Right. Well... They got that that class of druid, the modern druid, mm-hmm. only existed from Europe the early back. part of the twentieth yeah. century. Right? Yeah, and do you know those big, you know yeah. those big druidic horns that they blow? Yeah, they're actually they they are actually they were bought from a, an antique store in London, and they're Tibetan mountain horns for calling yaks. There you go. It's all important. You Not never call like, huh? Yaks hanging around. We, uh, here, I'll give you, I'll give you a good druidic story. Um, well, no, because we've got to go back to time. Well, we're it's related to time. Out of time, and and we it's have related so to time. We got out of time slips yet? No, we well, yeah, we can do that next time. <laughs> but this is related to time because several years ago, um, myself and my co-conspirator Anne Winsper used to regularly go to. Um, Avebury Henge which is bigger, way bigger than Stonehenge uh, to celebrate the solstice and every year there would be lots of pagans neo-pagans and old crusty smelly pagans and druids and and there are as you are aware different classes of druid and what was always quite amusing is that the different classes of druid didn't like one another and there were on on one particular uh, year we were there there, one of the druids, the arch druid, had set up an altar and was performing his rituals. Now, and his altar consisted of a tea trolley that was decorated with green stuff and um, bits of animal. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, the other guy, the king of the druids, not the arch druid, uh, had his altar nearby. His altar was made from a portable barbecue. 
Uh, also covered in green stuff and bits of dead animal. Uh, it, it, I hasten to add it wasn't lit. And um, a, a battle of the druids ensued. And uh, it got louder and louder and louder. And people were drumming and the supporters were chanting. And uh, eventually the local constabulary arrived. And um, unfortunately, by this time, both of the both of the druid, uh, the arch druid and the king of the druids had. Um, had smoking were smoking something they shouldn't have been. And so we had to do the sunrise ceremony with no druid. Damn. You could a... smoke it here. They, they both, <laughs> they've both been arrested, carted off. Real improvision. There you that's go. Dru- that's druids for you. Well, that's yeah. an interesting. That's an interesting thing that about that. I'm going to have to. I, I know one druid. Um, no, I know two, but I can ask one. Yeah. The yeah. other one probably. They're not wouldn't. real druids. The, the Romans. Well, killed. calling themselves. They're that, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it, it would be interesting. Druid reenactors is what I like to call. Yeah, that's a it, good. That's a. It, it's druid. It's druid uh, LARP. What? Role play. Lap. Live action role play. Oh, they dress up. They, yeah. they dress up as uh, character. You know, like it's like they get. It's like these people that dress up as you know from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Or as Batman. Cosplay or something. A ghost hunter. Yeah, cosplay. It's cosplay. Yeah. yeah. Druids are cosplay. Yeah. Fact. Okay. Actually, witches are as well because they were created in the sixties by Alex Gardner. <laughs> Don't even go. <laughs> It was just a sad old British pervert. I'm 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 not a wicked, so I'm not okay. I mean, I'm fine with that. Gardnerian, <laughs> Gardnerian witchcraft is more cosplay. And then, the, the, well, there was all the different. And there's Alex Sanders. You know, is is his cosplay too? Another sad British pervert. And then there's um. Oh, what was the guy who was the Satan, Satanist? The American guy. Yeah. And no, no. Bay. Yeah. Ah, another another pervert. Yeah. They're all they're all into like you know like let's take off all our clothes and do stuff. Well, when, well especially Anton Vey because he was more than that. He believed in sex for enlightenment, as did Alistair Crowley. Yeah, Alistair Crowley, that's who I was thinking about. Yeah, okay. isn't it? Anton, yeah. Yeah, Alistair Crowley is the one I think about. He was probably the most perverted that I've ever. I saw a whole documentary well, on him for. Three hours of Alistair Crowley, I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, but there are, I mean, the, rinse there are, my mouth out afterwards. And there are pop stars that are my more, eyes. Yeah, but there are pop stars that were more perverted than him. Um, know. You know, back in the day, what he, I mean, basically, he had sex, he was bisexual, he had sex with men and women. He, he didn't he really. He didn't make a move. He didn't. It's a, it, that, that bit's incorrect. Um, oh, it is, is it? Yeah, he didn't have sex with animals. No, he didn't. I, I exaggerated it. Um, but he, he was bisexual. He did have uh, relationships with, with both sexes. Now, that's considered perfectly normal today. In fact, it's celebrated. It's called being a Democrat. Yeah, he used to bake his wives until they ran out of money, and then he'd take another wife. Um, well, he rem- if you remember where he got all his money to start with. Uh, where did he? Well, okay. I did, I, he, was well, a, he was a nobleman, believe it or not. He was? Yes, really? he was a hell of a good mountaineer. <laughs> That's true. We'll give him that. Uh, <laughs> but he did actually. I mean, he, he the, the <laughs> mother of his, the mother of his daughter. Um, you know, they they kind of like. Um, oh, what's his name? Freddie Mercury. 
you know, he, he had multiple relationships but kept coming back to the same person. Mm. Yeah. The, as he said, they loved each other too much. Too. Yeah. They, they loved each other so much they hated one another sometimes. One of his children is somebody who? famous, if I can remember. Huh? Who? Gina, do you remember who, uh, who are we talking about? Alistair Crowley's love child was? He only had one. In Mass, no, in Mass, in in uh, New York, in uh, America. Oh damn! Now I gotta look it up. Go ahead, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he only had a daughter, and she died. No, I will. I will funk and waggle in this. Okay. I have no clue about that. Seriously. You don't. So do you? Okay. So do you have time to look it up? Do you? I am. I have time to look it up now. He's busy typing Alistair? as we speak. How do you spell Alistair? A L E I S T E R. A L E I I S T E R. Alistair Crowley. That's Crow E L. Yeah, I get him. Crowley, yeah. Crowley. Yeah, it's pronounced. We used to have a Crowley. we used to have a cat called Crowley. You did. Oh, that's a black cool. cat. It was named after him. Okay, black color. What and color? my first wife shared a birthday with Alistair Crowley. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can see the wheels turning. Can the, pay, the, the, wheels the fingers. Turn. Yeah, I know, huh? There we go. Barbara Anybody Bush. Huh? Barbara Bush. Oh, I what? heard that story. George George W's wife. Well, yeah. I think I well, heard George that before. George H.W.'s wife. Sorry, yeah, George H.W. Seriously. Barbara Bush. Barbara you... Bush was daughter of famous Satanist Alistair Crowley. Well, there is a resemblance. What? She's fat and bald. Well, she was She was a nice plump. Don't speak. Yeah. of her because I will no 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 I mean she no, she was she was very motherly this is you is know, she like, really is she like, really the, the the daughter of Alistair Crowley and this is what it said Barbara Bush died today at the age of 92 undisclosed causes blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, Alistair Crowley was a mountain climber, author, occultist, intelligent, yeah, yeah, yeah. intelligence, injured, sexual libertine, drug addicted, and sometimes cult leader. Yeah. Who spent a great deal of time terrorizing actually, respectable British society in the first half of the 20th century. I love that. Now born we can see who wealth, you modeled yourself on. Born into wealth, he was birthed to his inheritance. Oh, my God. Anyways. All right. Let me find his spot. Let's see if I can get it down here. Oh, here it is. Uh, Avon's calling. We're waiting. Time is passing. I know, but I... I, I, I'm going to look that up because I didn't know that... I knew he had a daughter, but she died at Thelema in... um, while he was in Thelema. So uh, this article I'm reading says, so Barbara Bush, in all likelihood, ah. was not Alistair Crowley's daughter. Ah, there we are. Unlikely, but they don't know. 
Well, I had heard that rumor. Not when you mentioned it, I did. I saw it in this documentary. Anyway, all right. So, yeah, but, I mean, with, with, with these rumors, I mean, people say that they've never seen Michael and Latoya Jackson in the same room together because they're one <laughs> and the same person. I haven't. He's not really dead. He's not thinking of Elvis. He's off with Elvis drinking. Uh, uh, whatever. Anyways, we do have to go. I thought this show was about time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have to pick up where we left off the last time. Yeah, it's about time. It's about place. It's about two uh, minutes. Yeah. About, and it's I about time it was too. over. Yeah, anyway. Sing <laughs> the theme song from a TV show. That's right. Yes, it's about time. That's what it was called. Yeah, it's about time. It's about yeah. place. It's about two men in the Don't street. Don't do it. It's going to be in my head the rest of the night. Stop it. Good, good. I love it. Anyways, we have to go. Stay tuned for the second half of uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio as we Next Generation comes up and we salute the uh, veterans with uh, ghost stories. <laughs> oh, that'll please them. Yeah. Haunted. <laughs> Haunted uh, stories. We're going to go back and we're going to talk to your shipmates. Yeah, exactly. We're going to communicate with them. So there you go. It's run out of time. We want to thank Viola Brooks for joining us in this timely topic. Anytime. (laughs) Have you ever noticed Marla Brooks never thanks us for having her? I do. (laughs) Uh, Just not on the air, but I do otherwise. You could. Most are our real guests, too. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, stay tuned for the second hour and tune in next week. We want to thank everybody for listening. Good night and God bless and stay God safe. God bless. Stay safe. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.